Welcome back to CEO-ish Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Chloe. And I'm Taylor. Today, we have a lot to unpack regarding Instagram filters, photo editing, and the impacts it has on our mental health and body image, and so much more. And we're very excited because we'll be having this conversation with Melanie Trottier, who is the social media lead at Arcade Studios based in Calgary, which is in Alberta, Canada. She's also a content creator influencer, and influencer on Instagram and TikTok, and she's a mental health advocate as well. This girl really knows her shit, and she has a lot of thoughts on Instagram filters. But before we dive into all of that, we're going to do our usual catch-up session. So, Chloe, what's up with you? Yeah, so, you know, we are recording this the same day as last week's episode, and I kind of teased that I was going to be talking about how busy I am. So, Basically, like I'm just feeling very burnt out right now because I'm doing a lot of things, but it's a lot of different things. So I'm not giving like all of me to one thing. So I feel like I'm not doing enough, but I have no minutes of free time. Like I I have no more to give basically. Um, So yeah, I feel like I'm just like running in circles, doing a a bunch and not getting anything done. So that kind of sucks. And then it's kind of like anytime I do take a moment, like last week and I went home to work on the mural and I saw my grandparents who just got back from wintering in Florida. And I like felt guilty for not working on the mural while I was visiting with them. I was like, I shouldn't feel guilty for that, but whatever. Yeah. Just complaining about being busy, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I everyone has the right to complain about that, especially I think everybody can relate to the feeling like you're doing everything all at once and somehow getting nothing done. Like I've definitely mm. been there before. It's exhausting, but there's kind of like a, and you know, like when we move out of Kalamazoo, I'm going to be like, that's like the end of that. So I'm just counting down the days looking forward to it. I know you're doing a lot and some of it's like temporary, like you just have to get through until Mm -hmm. the move is done. But is there anything you could potentially take off of your plate that would even help alleviate some of it? Because it sounds to me like you need like a few days of rest, like actual (laughs) rest. And then you can jump back into the things that like light your soul on fire, you know? Mm -hmm. So a bit, I mean, like, you know, I just started like my art business and I've already kind of put that on the back burner right now, trying to like First of all, I'm working full time. I can't cut back on that. And then, yeah. um, you know, doing the yoga training and trying to get practice and knowledge to get into doing murals for businesses. Um, so, yeah, really, my business is on the back burner, which is not the way to kick off a business. So I just feel guilty about that. <laughs> I'm like, that was bad timing, like, <laughs> to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of on the back burner. It's for never now, bad. And I'll timing. pick that up. I'll, I'll pick it up in a few months. And like, I'm not stopping doing it I'm like basically my um social media presence is just you're prioritizing yeah yeah I'm prioritizing and that's not top priority right now which sucks because I would love for that to be top priority right now but it is what it is once I get done with my yoga training and I can start teaching classes and I'm not working full-time nannying then I'll have a lot more free time to work on that I think not nannying will help you a lot because you'll have a lot more time to A, create, just be Mm -hmm. creative, work with your hands, but B, you'll have more time too. Because I know you've also kind of held back on sharing the yoga stuff until you're certified, but you have a lot of plans to share like routines and simple stretching things and incorporating it onto the podcast as well, Mm -hmm. because it definitely plays into the mindfulness that we love to have here on the podcast as creative entrepreneurs and things like that. Yeah. Well, I will uh, bring up the yoga thing as well. So I've been um, seeing a bunch of TikToks about, you know, like Hindu 
you know, Indians who, you know, are Hindu talking about like white people doing yoga and appropriating it. And like, it's difficult because I'm realizing, I don't think I said the name of the training that I'm going through right now, but I'm realizing that some of the stuff I'm learning, I'm like, I don't feel comfortable teaching that because I'm not Hindu. (laughs) And I like, you know, that's not a part of my religion or anything. So it's like, it's good to learn. I'm kind of, uh, I don't really want to share anything yet because I don't want to share something that I then go back and be like, uh, that's not my place to really talk about that. So yeah, we'll get there. But that's another kind of making me go a little bit slower. I mean, I'm getting it done, but like, you know, to a point to be comfortable to share what I'm learning, I would like to know a little bit more about how to do it without appropriating someone else's religion. For sure. I think a, that right there could be a really cool podcast interview. We should yeah, try to I find would, someone to get on. Yeah, I would love to do that. Um, so there's a Facebook group for this uh, program that I'm going through, and it's a lot of white people in that in the Facebook group, which I'm guessing it's a lot of white people in the program as well. So like, they're not really sharing that kind of stuff because they don't know either. So it's like hard to find resources for that. So I would, yeah, I would love to have somebody come on and talk about how to do it without appropriating. And like, obviously it's not their responsibility to teach us anything, but even just like, here's some places you can look. We'll be on the lookout for that. That'd be a fun episode. This is now a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to find us someone. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm going to, yeah, we'll we're going to go through our network and we're going to find. It would. I feel it. like it's important. And like, like nowadays, like I said, like I've seen these videos on TikToks, like you can't ignore it. You can't just be like, oh, I didn't know. Because if you didn't know, you weren't, you were just closing your eyes to it because it's in your face. You're appropriating someone's religion. Don't do that. So, you know. <laughs> no. And I, I can totally get like, especially just people are extra sensitive now, especially with social media. Everything's on full blast. Everything is always being filmed. So I totally get the caution there. And mm-hmm. I think it's very respectful that, you know, you're you're being like this in general. And I, I think it, one thing that you can do too, just you don't have to pull every part of this person's teaching and practice and make it your own type of thing. Like if mm-hmm. you're not comfortable teaching that, you don't have to teach it. And if you want to teach it and you're going to seek out more sources to be able to like authentically teach it in a way that doesn't feel gross to you. Yeah. Is, is gross a good <laughs> word to use here? Like, probably. Uh, but yeah, I feel like you're going about it the right way. And Step one, finding not white people to ask that, that yeah. right there. Yep. Find not white people. And kind of just to go off of that, um, I've been on like a spiritual journey, I guess. Um, but I'm also like on spiritual TikTok as well. And it's, you know, a lot of people on spiritual journeys are also appropriating cultures. So it's like, we got to get better as a society. We got to get better about like finding who we are as individuals, finding, you know, our peace of mind and self-care without shitting on somebody else, you know? I've seen a lot of that, particularly with um, like Palo Santo and sage that you burn. I've mm-hmm. been hearing that people are buying all like up all of the supplies because it's become so trendy, quote unquote. But now the original Native American practice of the burning of the sage to cleanse and things like that, ha- people can't get it because mm-hmm. it's become like mainstream trendy. Yeah. Yep. Don't do that. If you don't know, don't do that. Yeah. Not all right. (laughs) Or if you're going to partake in the practice, just do your research and make sure you know why you're authentically Mm -hmm. practicing it, you know? Yeah. And I could be wrong, but I think that like it is considered okay if you grow your own sage. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. 
still, if you want to do it and you're not Native American, do your research. Don't take my word for it, but that's a possibility. Interesting. I'm definitely excited to bring this more to the podcast as you go through your training and things like that. And I think both of us have definitely been on the whole spiritual thing, finding out the whole mm-hmm. the, the purpose of life, essentially. Figuring out who we are, what we believe, why we're on this planet Earth. What is my soul's destiny? Yeah. <laughs> See, well, CEO, CEO-ish. We're taking yeah. a detour here, Real you guys. Real deep one right now. What are, <laughs> what are you up to recently? Uh, well, oh, I mean, if people really want us to get deep, we could just do an entire episode dedicated to our theories of the universe. Okay, I would love that. I would Let's absolutely love that. <laughs> Side note, we'll talk more about this in upcoming episodes, but Chloe and I have been looking a lot at our podcast analytics because we launched this podcast at the very end of February. So at the very end of May, yeah, I almost said March. I almost said March. It's definitely May. It's gonna be May. Mm -hmm. Anyway. (laughs) Um, But the end of May will be a entire full quarter for Chloe and I with this podcast, which is really cool. We've been doing this for three whole months already. Like, I know. Um, I'm proud of of where we're at for three months, Mark. I know, right? Like, I I had zero expectations for this. Let me tell you, like, absolutely none. I didn't set number expectations. I didn't set listenership expectations. Mm -hmm. I... I didn't know what we were going to do. And I've been very pleased, especially because I've talked with other podcasters too about how when they were first like starting, they only had six listeners for weeks on end and they felt like no one was listening. We kicked off with like 20 to 30 listeners and we've averaged those same 20 to 30 listens every single week. Yeah. Shout out to you guys for sticking around. We really appreciate it. And we see you. We see you and we see the retention and we appreciate you. We love it. But back to the whole me staring at the podcast analytics and numbers. One thing and the trend that we were really noticing was that Chloe and I have only done two solo episodes for this podcast thus far. We didn't intend for it to be that way, but it just happened. And there are top performing podcast episodes thus far. So you guys are going to get more solo with Chloe and I coming up here in June. We're rounding out the mm-hmm. quarter and we're just going to test some shit out. We don't really have a plan. We don't know how many interviews we're going to do moving forward. We don't know if we're going to add in a second episode at some point to maybe be able to do one interview in one solo episode. Mm-hmm. It's stuff we've thrown around, but Chloe and I don't necessarily have the time to commit to two episodes a week quite yet. Yes. We would love to get to that point. We would love to but, get to that point. So those 20 to 30 of you sticking around, keep sticking around. We appreciate it. <laughs> and please, for the love of God, because Chloe and I are so terrible about oh, this, yes. please, if you have not yet, but you love the show and you are an Apple podcast listener, please Give us a five-star rating, submit a review, actually write one out. Like I love the five-star rating, but if we could actually get you guys to write out reviews for us, it helps new people find the podcast. It's how we like chart, top the charts. Is that how you say that? Wow, words. Um, (laughs) It's how new people find the podcast and we genuinely appreciate it so much. So please write us a review if you love the show. Send it on to a friend if you think they'd love the episode. Word of mouth is how we grow and it's just – 
we're so appreciative. So thank mm-hmm. you guys. We really are. Oh, and the last thing on the podcast analytics number before I transition into whatever the hell we're talking about next. Um, we see that you guys also really like the creators and our creator episodes have performed very, very well. Like we know you guys loved the episode with Nia and we know you guys loved the episode with Yuri of Dewiest Glow. So more creators will be coming mm-hmm. on the podcast. And if you have any creators you would like to see on this podcast, please DM us. Please shoot us an email, however you want to get in contact with us. If you prefer to talk to Chloe and only Chloe, or if you prefer to talk to me, just let us know and we will do our best to get them on this podcast for you guys. Mm-hmm. I want to get some artists on as well. Yes. There's, a few. There's an artist that I love who has a podcast, so hopefully he'll come on. If you're an artist and you're listening to this podcast and Hit you have some, something of value to add, hit us up. We want yeah. to talk to you. We want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, did I even – I don't think no, you did. What's I up? don't think I did either. <laughs> Honestly, what's up with me, you guys? Not much new from the last episode considering we're recording in the same week. I have a big launch coming up this Friday. I'm anxious as fuck. Um, not much more to say on that. If you're really curious as to everything going on with me, go listen to the last episode with Liv, where I give the huge update on all of the new service offerings coming with my business and the pivot that we are making. However, one thing I can say that I didn't say in the last call is that I had a call with a client who was interested in the PR services, and I think I got her. So that a step in the right direction yes. is all we're going to say there. So... Yeah, That's awesome. well, welcome to the official podcast of Taylor figuring it the fuck yes. out. <laughs> Everyone, send Taylor your good thoughts, prayers, vibes, witchy things, client good referrals. Witchy if you things, have them. client <laughs> referrals, send it all her way. <laughs> we want it all. We want it. Yes. Want it. <laughs> Ew, I really don't want to hear myself singing on this podcast. Oh, I'm so. turning. I'm turning the volume all the way up on that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for this one. Turn it up. Can you actually yes. cue Lizzo before me, please? Thank you. Uh, she might sue us, but I can do it. Oh, you're right. We can't do that. Never mind. We can only play no. CEO-ish licensed music. Woo. Good catch. Good catch. Thank you. Thank you. Try not to get sued here. <laughs> All right. right. Product of the week. <laughs> Let's do this. All right. My product of the week is for people on the east side of the state and people on the east side of the state of Michigan only. If you are over near White Lake and you like plants, check out Bogey Lake Greenhouse. The last time I was there, I got a beautiful umbrella plant. Huge. In like a 10-inch pot. Huge, healthy, beautiful. $25. Are you kidding me? And they had Monsteras there. Also $25. They were bigger than the ones that I saw at Meyer, which were $75 and dying. So check them out if you're over there. They have great plants for a great price and they're all healthy. Love it. $75 and Seventy-five dollars and dying is the story of my life. Yeah. Basically, if you're like getting into plants, do not go to Meyer. They are like every plant you get from there, they're gonna die, and you're gonna pay like triple what you should be paying for that plant. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Support a small business on Etsy. Mm-hmm. Go find a local greenhouse. Yeah. Greenhouses is really where it's at. Have you you've ordered plants off Etsy? How how are your thoughts on them? Um, so I've only ordered plants off of Etsy from one shop in particular. I think it's Florida Floridian Plant Gardens, something along those lines, or Florida Garden Plants, something like that. Um, phenomenal. Comes my prayer plant, prayer plant, a calathea, oh, okay? A I want a prayer plant so bad. They're bitches. Um, Are they? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, they They're wilt beautiful. so easy. 
they're beautiful, but you have to give them their exact correct light and their exact correct water or they wilt and shrivel and turn brown and crispy. They're bitches. How often do you water it? Every day. Oh, hell no. Nope. Oh, no. She's a high high I can't commit to that. I mean, I, I give like, my plant or I give my cat food and water every day, and that is as much as I need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's a high maintenance bitch. Yeah, that is a lot. I would forget and kill it. So no. Nope. All right, what's yeah. your what's your but, product? Oh, but oh, as you can I was saying, that um, <laughs> <laughs> no, as I was saying, the the Florida plant garden guy, the plants came packaged and wrapped up so nice. I know friends who have ordered off of Etsy and their plants came infested with mealybugs. Mm, nope. So, but I would highly recommend the guy that I order plants from and he's never not had a plant that I was looking for. Ironically, I like a lot of like leafy pothos type plants and he sells those. So, yeah. Good to know. Highly recommend. All right. I'll put him. You know what? We're gonna put, put him in the show notes. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe either, a small business not, shout out. If you're not in White Lake, don't you don't need to make the trip for Bogey Lake Greenhouse, uh, though they are awesome. Just check out the Etsy shop. I, I will be sure to do that. In- yes. All right. Chloe, well, you might you have wanna- to remind me to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll send you a text. Do you want to <laughs> plug your uh, product of the week? Yeah, so I think I've talked about this product. I've definitely talked about this brand before. I have no secret to being a not pot lover, but um, I've been taking their original CBD gummies. It's the strawberry kind, the kind without the melatonin. Um, Because as I said, anxiety has been the theme of my week. And normally I take these during my like two to three o'clock lull during my day if I'm having a hard time focusing and I still need to get more work done. Because I typically... I prefer to wake up earlier. Like if I had to start work at seven in the morning and be done by three, I, I would rather do that. I just, I don't like working until five, six o'clock at night. It's just not my jam. Um, but if I have to, I take these and they help with the focus a lot. So I really, really enjoy the not pot gummies. Yeah, I got to try them. They you sound do. awesome. They are. And there's a lot of BS CBD brands. Like I've tried good CBD. I've tried bad CBD. And this is genuinely very good CBD. So yeah, I've only tried bad CBD so far. Disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. CBD is a hard thing to navigate. I feel it's a very new industry in that regard. And there's not a lot of regulation in terms of like marketing around it Mm -hmm. i I want like the industry itself is very heavily regulated but the marketing terminology around cbd not so much Mm -hmm. all right small biz shout out so our small business this week it's called mount lai small business woman-owned and asian-owned they make jade rollers gua sha's and skincare products etc the products are based around practices used in traditional chinese medicine and passed down through generations Gua sha and facial rolling have been healing modalities used for centuries, shared from one family member to another, like the founder Stephanie and her grandmother. Their skincare products are formulated in collaboration with traditional Chinese medicine practitioners, using herbs intentionally selected for the healing and beneficial properties that have been studied extensively throughout history. You can shop all of their products at www.mountlai.com. That's www.mount. LAI.com. And they're also on Sephora's website and in their stores. Check them out. 
all their stuff is awesome. It is. I do want to say I own a gua sha and I own their eye massage depuffing tool. And the gua sha is amazing, especially if you have TMJ. I used to own a really shitty gua sha that I just purchased off of Amazon and I used to think nothing of it. I thought it was a gua sha. You guys, the size difference between my Amazon gua sha and my Mount Lai gua sha and also the curve at the very top, like if you know what a gua sha looks like, the curve at the top is significantly deeper so you can actually like sculpt that chin and jawbone as opposed to my little wimpy Amazon one, which is like a little <laughs> ridge. I swear, when this episode releases, I will post the story on our, on our Instagram stories or something because it's hilarious, the size difference between the two and just the quality of the stone and how thick it is. So absolutely love Mount Lai for that. They make some really high quality products. And if you're mm-hmm. in the market for a gua sha, I cannot recommend enough. So yep. go support a small owned woman, small woman Asian owned business. Yes. Wow. That was such a tongue twister, you guys. Yes. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get through a podcast episode without one of these happening to me. I don't <laughs> think I will either. <laughs> But yeah, if you want a gua sha, you should be shopping Asian-owned anyways, so check them out. Their products are just awesome. Yeah. Well, do we want to get into our manifestation segment before we get into our routine? Routine. I'm an interview. Wow. Someone end this podcast for me. (laughs) What are we recording today? (laughs) Uh, Uh, You want to kick us off? Yeah. So um, still keeping in theme with my last manifestation. Uh, I'm manifesting a successful launch, a pivot for my business. I will be spending the majority of June promoting the hell out of that and just working on building up that next part of it. So I'm very excited. I'm very nervous. God, I'm nervous, but it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. All right. Mine I kind of forgot to add this into my complaining session, but also finding a place to live. We are just giving up all hopes and dreams of finding a house in this market right now. So we are settling for renting, hopefully a house. So my manifestation is that we find a house to rent by the time the place we're currently renting ends. Fingers crossed, guys. Let's not make me homeless. It's going to be great. It's It's going to be be great. We'll find something. We have time. It's just kind of getting to the point where it's like, all right, let's find something. Oh, we'll find something. Yeah. That's my manifestation. I, I can we imagine. are going to find oh something. Hmm. July really is right around the corner. Wow. It really is right around the corner. Yep. Going to find Where something. Where the hell is 2021 going? I don't know. <laughs> is this how being an adult is? Like a year does not feel like a year anymore. <laughs> Feels like two months. I, I, 2020 didn't happen. It's just, I went from 2019 to 2021. 2020 was canceled. It was a fever dream. <laughs> a Tiger King heavy fever dream. Yep. Yep. All right. (laughs) Well, without further ado, should we get into our episode? Yes, we will see you guys on the other side of this interview with Melanie. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Melanie. We always love a good mental health chat and we're excited to capture your perspective because not only are you someone who works in social media at a nine to five, but you're also a micro influencer who openly shares her life on the internet. And one thing you've been very vocal about is taking off the Instagram filters and posting normal unedited photos to social media. And we're very excited for this week's episode. So let's get started by having you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and how you became so passionate about sharing your mental health journey openly on social media. 
Hi, thank you so much for having me. So my name is Melanie. Thanks for the great introduction. Um, I, yes, I'm a social media professional in my nine to five. And then um, after my nine to five, I spend more time on social media. Um, I like to create content on Instagram and TikTok. And I became passionate about social media and mental health pretty naturally. I think social media as like my career um, is a pretty self-explanatory thing. And then for uh, mental health, um, I have struggled with depression and anxiety for the past about eight years, like on and off. I mean, I feel like probably it was present before that, but really actively working through some stuff with um, my therapist and my doctor. And it just, uh, the two kind of naturally came together because they're things that I know quite well. And um, I, yeah, I've seen a huge shift on social media with people talking about mental health and and with the filters too, like, I feel like it's a pretty new conversation that people, we've like started talking about how for the past like five years, most people have like only posted filtered Instagram stories and obviously filtered photos in the feed. And I, I did that for so long. It's only recently that I've tried to take off the filters and um, my audience has responded really well to it. And they tell me that that's something that they really like. So it's like, it's pushed me to continue, but um, it's still definitely hard. And it's something that I'm still working through. So I'm so excited to chat with you ladies today about it, because there's just so much to talk about, I think. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And it's really nice to see people starting to take the filters off, you know, influencers who everyone's looking up to, like, it's hard seeing them, you know, looking perfect all the time and not comparing yourself. So it's really awesome to see the real them. Yeah, definitely. And um, it's just kind of crazy. The filters, they really do some, I mean, we've all seen those filters that really distort how we look. Mm -hmm. And for me, the biggest thing that I used filters for was I've always, not always, but like the past like 10 years, I've struggled with my skin. And using a filter made me a lot more comfortable to get on stories and to talk and to show my face I guess but then you know you get to this point where you're like damn that's really kind of sad that I don't feel like I can just show up the way that I show up in real life because I don't know I don't know it's just it's just an insecurity um, but then I realized that I was just kind of like not doing a service to anyone by doing that so I was like okay I need to stop with the filters and now I try to sometimes I'll filter like things that are not my face but when I'm filming myself or like posting a photo I really try not to put a filter on just because it's just like that's not the way that my face looks that's not the way that my skin looks but it's 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 hard yeah so kind of to expand on that I mean there's these filters everywhere the beauty mode on TikTok which is just ridiculous in my opinion and should not even exist but like visco and photoshop and facetune just all over the place and like how has that in your experience like affected your mental health and how you choose to post Whoa. Um, yeah. So honestly, I think that we could have like two separate convos about filters and then about Facetune. I actually have been thinking. Yeah. yeah. So I've been thinking about, I have this like video idea to film for TikTok and Reels where I want to like sort of expose myself and expose like all of the images that from previous years that I have used Facetune to like alter my body. And it's really sad that that is a reality for so many people. And I think that so many people are not willing to sort of admit that. But I was like going through my feed. Um, and again, this is from years ago. I've stopped um, like editing my body <laughs> to make 
to basically make myself look smaller, which again is like really a whole thing in itself. And yeah, so I had this idea to do this video because I feel bad that that was like the image that I was portraying for so many years that, um, and I, and I look back at these photos and I think like, oh my gosh, it was so obvious that I was editing my body, but it was something that was really common and even not even within influencers, but just regular people, especially among women, there was like this, it, it felt like this unspoken thing that like, if you posted a bikini photo that like you would do a little like reshaping on, on Facetune and I've stopped, um, face tuning my body at all in the past maybe one to two years thank god but I feel like it's something we all need to talk about because it's like damn that really like really affected our mental health and there was obviously reason why I thought that I needed to do that and I saw other people's photos looking perfect and um yeah so I, I honestly feel like face tune is is almost the more serious one that we need to talk about yeah at least with filters it's kind of like it's distorting you a bit but it's like but also it kind of some filters that I look back on my stories from a couple years ago I can't even like make myself out it's like I just look like an outline of myself like it's so (laughs) it's like so grainy and like faded it's like it's it's literally like not showing our real selves at all it's like literally making us into like a little outline of our faces And I feel like that's really sad that that's the way that we think we look the best. Yeah, I agree. And I love your point of like wanting to expose yourself on TikTok. I've seen some people doing that with like, here's my photo where I look beautiful and happy. And then they're like, I was miserable. I just got in a fight. It's cool to see people doing that and be like, this is not reality. Like Instagram, social media, not reality. You could be having the worst day and nobody would even know. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I could do I could do that with most of my Instagram photos, honestly. But but again, I'm sort of happy to report I could do that with a lot of Instagram photos from like four years ago ish. And then my recent ones or like in the past year or so, I can say pretty confidently that um, most of the photos like portray more of an accurate depiction of my life. And that that's been something I've really worked on. And that's something I sort of want to share with people. And it's only helped me and it's only helped me have better connections with the people that are following me where they like to see what my real life is actually like and they like to see me unfiltered and they don't want to see like the perfect my perfect skin and like my altered body like people don't actually want to see that exactly I think people are looking for things that are making them feel normal about their own bodies because everybody sees the face tune so often like my my guilty was my legs like face tuning out the stretch marks and things like that Mm -hmm. especially with bikini photos and things like that so people are looking for the things that make their own bodies feel normal and I think more than ever people need that so that's why they're adding advocating for it now on social. Yeah. And I also, um, there's some accounts that I follow that are truly amazing, but they are very like their, uh, their niche is like body positivity or, um, sort of like making real bodies normal and showing off their flaws and being like very, I can think of a couple of examples, but like being very explicit about it and like purposefully, um, posting photos where you do see like their stretch marks and this and like I can appreciate that so much and I think that's really it's really brave of them I wish it wasn't brave but it is but I think that people sort of need to realize that you don't have to go that far into it to have an impact um, on people so I think that it's more so that we need 
everyone of all you know walks of life on social whether you're like an influencer or not to just show up more as your real self stop you know editing out your acne or your stretch marks or editing your body or putting crazy filters on it like it's a it's a group effort and like everyone can have um an impact in sort of shifting social media into a different way like I think we can all say that if and when we have children, we don't want them to be growing up on social media and feeling like they need to look this way. And I worry about that about TikTok because I feel like we see on TikTok, I'm like, damn, I did not look like that when I was 14. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know about you girls, but <laughs> I did not look like that. It's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No. And honestly, that perfect that perfectly transitions into the next thing we wanted to talk about with you because social media is so accessible to younger and younger audiences, especially as it advances more. And it honestly makes me so sad to see 12-year-olds like kind of skipping that awkward stage that we all went through. Like I feel like blue eyeshadow is a rite of passage and no one goes through it anymore. <laughs> and they're only seeing these filtered unedited staged photos and we'd love to hear your thoughts on the younger generations constantly being inundated with these types of posts and while they're trying to navigate figuring out who they are as individuals like I can't imagine being a teen on TikTok these days yeah absolutely I mean I I've talked to my friends and peers about this where I'm so thankful that I didn't grow up with social media I mean we had Facebook when I was in high school Um, but that was it. Like Instagram came around when I was like in university. Um, and I think it's, it scares me a lot, but I also think that what we need to realize is that social media just is part of young people. It's a major part of young people's lives. And we sort of have to accept that and figure out, I mean, I'm not a mom, but if I was like, we would have to figure out how to talk to your kids about social media, how to like how how to help them have a healthier relationship with it because it's not I don't think it's like super productive for us to just talk about how toxic it is and how you know it's going to like corrupt our um, kids brains because it's like well what's the alternative like they're not going to not use it and it's such a big part of their lives and um, it's almost part like the way that I see it I think it's part of their like social lives you know like their friends at school you know, it's like how they're interacting with each other and how they see each other. And it's something that we almost just need to talk a lot more about it. And we, as people who have been on social media for a long time and have sort of navigated, it's like, we need to help them have a better relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean is like, if we, I mean, I'm 27, I'm turning 28. If I haven't figured out my relationship with social media yet, then it's like, I need to figure that out because we need to like, we need to be the ones to like teach the other, the next generation about how to navigate it. And if we're here still having this toxic relationship to it, still comparing ourselves, um, still editing our photos and pretending to be someone that we're not, then it's like the younger generation, I'm sorry, has like no hope. Like we need to figure it out for them. Yeah. I agree with that totally. There's good and bad to everything with social media, but to what you said earlier where people think it can be this really toxic thing, on the flip side of that is the community that people can find online more that they never have before because, you know, when I was a kid, I was just the weird YouTube kid. I was the person who liked to watch YouTube videos as opposed to being really good at sports and that was just my reality. And thanks to platforms like YouTube growing, I was able to find more people like me and I couldn't imagine not having that 
that as a kid and being the only person really diehard into YouTube. But, you know, on the flip side, in my real life, it was just the weird thing I did. So, yeah, there's a good and bad to everything with that. And social media does bring a lot of community together for the younger kids as well. Yeah, absolutely. I have two things to say about that. I'm glad that you brought up YouTube because for me, when I discovered YouTube, I wasn't, um, I actually wasn't really a kid. I think I was in university at that time, which is crazy. It was like definitely late. YouTube was around, you know, people were, there was YouTubers that I just, I hadn't gotten into it yet. And when I, when I first got into YouTube and started finding people to follow, it was like a revelation to me. So it was at a time where I was struggling. It was like sort of the first time I was really struggling with depression and I just was not in a great place. And I found YouTube and I found these YouTubers filming their lives and like really taking control of their lives. And, um, you know, like I, it was the first time, this is going to sound so crazy, but it was the first time that I was seeing people like actively take care of themselves, do things like, have these routines um, or like it was the first time I could see someone else's life and how they were living it. And it inspired me to live my life differently. And it was like this huge revelation. And I, it, I think it really, really helped me. Like when I was, when I didn't really have much motivation to like take care of myself, it was like someone on YouTube that was taking care of themselves. I would watch them and it would like motivate me. And it was just like life changing. And I still watch YouTube. There's like people that I still watch that um, like I absolutely love YouTube and I feel like it's actually a really positive place for me because you can choose who you want to watch. And there's also so much you can learn and I just love YouTube. And then, um, me too. I love YouTube so much. Yeah. Um, oh, and then the communities. Yeah. So one thing that I've always thought was great was for young people that are growing up, maybe they're growing up like in a small town and they're different of some sort. Maybe they're like LGBTQ plus or they have something that makes them different than their peers. They can find support online. And I think that's like invaluable where they need to know that there's like other people that are dealing with the same things as them. And I just think that there's lots of positives to that. Like I would want, if my kid felt like they were different, didn't have anyone to relate to, it would be awesome if they could find a community online and of course, you have to kind of like keep some parameters. You don't want, they have to like interact with people in their regular life and online. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it can be super positive. And we, we do need to sort of talk about those positives more because um, there's just such a, it's, there's, there's such a thing where it's like social media is bad. It's just bad. It's bad for everyone. And I personally don't see it that way and it's probably because it's my work and like my life passion (laughs) but um you know I I just there's there's a lot of good that we need to talk about I love that so in some cases it can be hard to draw a line between editing for creative purposes and editing to fix someone's appearance of course what's considered crossing the line is subjective and can change depending on who you ask but we would love to know in what cases do you think editing is okay for creative purposes versus like you're just changing how you look yeah um I think that like editing styles have definitely changed too, where now the aesthetic is more of like the unedited. So it's, I think it's kind of helpful where like, as we're trying to get less filtered and trying to not alter ourselves as much, I actually think that that's also sort of this trend that we've seen with influencers too, where if you look at their feeds from a couple of years ago, it was like insane editing, like these Lightroom presets that every photo was like significantly altered. Um, And then now I'm seeing a lot more like natural editing and that's the way that I've gone as well. Like 
I, again, just filmed this video for TikTok and Reels where I showed a couple of photos from a couple of years ago. And like my editing was just insane. Like it was, again, I was using some influencers Lightroom preset and it was just completely altered the photo. And then I showed like the editing that I'm doing recently. And um, I still use uh, filters on my like feed photos, but I try and do them like half strength. And I try and like, just sort of like enhance the photo a bit more um, rather than completely changing it. Mm -hmm. And so it's a bit, for me, it's a bit different on like the feed just because I do want those to like kind of look all cohesive together. But then on stories, the way that I see it now is I've been trying to, even when I'm posting um, not my face. So if I'm posting like a picture somewhere out in nature or whatever, before I would be having a filter on that and it would like make it look, I don't know, even better. But then Mm -hmm. the way that I see it now where it's like people are, they're trying to sort of like live through you and see your world through your eyes. And like, you don't see that world with a filter on it. Like when I'm looking at the sunset, there's no filter on it. But then when I put it on my Instagram story, there's a filter on it. So it's like not really. So I think that people appreciate seeing and they appreciate seeing unedited and unfiltered stories. And I have been like obsessed. There's certain people that I follow on Instagram that pretty much every story that they post, there's no filter on it. And I find it absolutely beautiful. Like I just love seeing real beauty. Like I love seeing, even if it's literally just a photo of their coffee table and their coffee cup, like there's something that makes me so happy about seeing that photo without a filter. And I just find it looks so beautiful. So I, I think that like, it's, it's helpful that the, I think our perception of what looks good is changing at least it is for me. And so, yeah, when it it's like, okay, well, how much is too much? Like, I think that there's some people on their Instagram accounts where they're still using heavy filters on their feed, heavy filters on their stories. And if that works for them, and if they like that, and if the people who are watching their stuff, if they like that too, then like, I think it's fine. I, I think that like, I would, I'm not down with like the face tune anymore. We're like, we're changing how we look. Um, And then also sometimes I'll see people film stories where they're talking and they have a filter on. And maybe I know this person in real life and the filter makes them look completely different. And like, they look amazing, but I would, if you ever see someone talking on their stories with like a filter on that looks, they, if they look like snatched, like perfect snatched, all of their features look so symmetrical and amazing. One thing you can do is like go onto the filter try it out on yourself and see how different it makes you look. And then you can kind of realize that what you're watching is not reality. Like what you're watching is not what this person looks like in real life. And, and that's okay. It's just, we can't look at that and think that that's what their face looks like because like their jaw is slimmer, their lips are bigger, their nose is smaller, their eyes are bigger. That's not the way that they actually look. You know, to that point too, I think one thing that I struggled with, especially early on is I would buy these like preset packs, you know, you'd get like seven to 10 in a bundle and you would buy them from your favorite creator because you loved them. But I would be consistently buying these preset packs from tiny blonde creators who are super fair skinned. And then I would wonder why their preset colors didn't work on me. And it was because I have these really dark features and it was just learning that it's okay that not every filter is going to work for you and that it's okay if it doesn't too and yeah it's it's been a complicated relationship with the whole preset filter thing for me 
Yeah, me too. I bought so many and I even bought, like, I don't know. I feel like there, I wasn't trying before I, I bought at all. I don't know if you were even able to do that, but I bought so many. You couldn't. You could not. (laughs) So like I bought so many just to try them out. And I guess I started, because they're not super expensive. Like, I don't know. It was like, it, it racks up, but I too like bought so many and I was just trying to find my perfect one. And even if you're going through my feed, you can see that like there was a period of time where I was using a certain preset and then I like scroll up a certain preset, scroll up. And I think what I came to the realization was like, there was color blocks on the feed. Yeah, but like there was no perfect one because you're right. It doesn't work for every photo, for every um, like skin tone, especially like I, I've seen people to like use somewhat some influencers preset on their photos. And like, especially if they have a different skin tone to that person, it makes them look absolutely crazy. But these influencers were being like, this works on everyone. So I, I don't use Lightroom anymore just because I was using other people's presets and they weren't really quite working. And then I'm also not skilled enough to make my own preset. So now I use the Teza app, which I really like because um, there's like two filters in there that I really like. And they're very, even at full strength, they're very slight. And I take them down to like half strength. And I feel good about that because it gives like the tiniest bit of difference and like sort of enhances the photo but I don't find that it's like making me like, it's not making me like look more tan than I am or like, you know, something like that. So I think it's like finding what you're comfortable with and it's a work in progress. I think it's kind of like the transparency too. Like it's okay to edit your photos, but be transparent about it and don't try to convince people that you're perfect because then, you know, it creates issues with people looking at that and comparing themselves to you and you don't even look like that, you know? Yeah, it creates this weird anxiety in yourself too, where you see yourself with an Instagram filter on your story and you're like, damn, I look good. And then you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't look that way. Mm-hmm. And I've heard all of these stories of young people going to plastic surgeons and showing them they're like snap, like a Snapchat, them with a Snapchat filter on. And they're like, I want to look like this. That's crazy. I know. And that is just sad. And yeah, I think that if you're struggling with your self-confidence, then going and using these filters might give you some confidence. So then you keep using them. And then when you don't use them, then you're like, oh God, I hate the way that I look. And that's not helping you to like accept yourself. And that's something that, especially as women, we struggle with so much that these filters are just complicating it. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So how can people set boundaries and check in with themselves to protect their mental health while consuming so much edited content on social media? Yeah, so I actually just filmed a video about um, some tips that I had to help improve your mental health um, when you're using social media. So um, if it seems like I've prepared these, it's because I have, (laughs) just because I just filmed this video. But uh, check in on your screen time on your iPhone. You can go into screen time and then, or it's in your settings and then screen time and just check out what your daily average is. And it will tell you how much, how many hours you're spending on Instagram, how many hours you're spending on TikTok. And I'm not going to expose myself and tell you what my daily average is because it's not good. But again, it's like I'm on it for work pretty much all day. And then, Oh, mine's mm-hmm. disgusting. <laughs> 
Yeah. So like I'm not even. I'll expose bothered. myself. I'm at least eight to ten hours. Like okay. you can't feel bad. Me too. That's that's mine as well. Um, but you can set limits in there. And I don't think that like I don't know. I don't know if the solution is like just consume less social media because again, if it's for our work, we we don't have that option to do that. But to just sort of like know, I think some people don't even look at those screen time numbers. So just sort of like know where you're at. And if you feel like it's a bit too high for yourself, try setting limits. Um, and then it will notify you and you have to sort of like dismiss the, the reminder and it can deter you from going back and consuming more. Um, and then my other tip is to be like really ruthless with who you follow. Like at this point, it is not personal at all. Like it is, you're just like curating your digital space unfollow or mute literally whoever you want like I don't care if it's like your best friend I mean maybe you'd have to have a conversation with them if it was your best friend but it is totally up to you and you get to choose like what you're seeing you know and what I've done is sometimes I'll go through my uh my follow following list and I'll be like okay who is this person what's her like first name why did I first start following her and what, why do I still follow her? Like, what is it that I look forward to seeing from her? And like, if I can't remember, if I'm like, I truly don't know who this person is. And like, I can't, I don't know her first name. I don't, I can't pinpoint exactly what type of content she puts out. I'll unfollow because I'm like, well, if I can't remember why I'm following them, then like, mustn't be that important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what are the other tips oh, that I have? Okay. Selfishly asking for myself. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, selfishly asking for myself, how do you handle people that you ha- you feel obligated to be following via networking? Um, yeah, good question, because there are certain people where you're like, okay, I want to keep this like relationship. Um, if you mute people, they don't know that you've muted them. I don't, I don't think I have many people muted just because for the most part with social media, I feel like I, um, I don't consume all that much in terms of like scrolling, like I will go to certain people or certain YouTubes to watch. Um, uh, But yeah, if you mute people, basically you won't see their content, but you're still following them and they won't be notified for that. And you can always change that too. If you're like, oh, I feel like unmuting them, you can unmute them. Um, I think when you're, when I, I say like be ruthless with unfollowing and, but I guess I mean like if, if it's like someone you went to high school with and you're like, okay, I just don't like this stuff isn't making me feel good or something. It's like, it is not personal at all. Um, Also, I think that people are not checking like who's following them. I feel like we used to do that before where we'd like look to see on like, uh, like sketchy websites, like who's Mm -hmm. unfollowed me, but I just feel like we're kind of past that. Um, Yeah. But I would say like mute people or yeah, I don't know. Like if, is it, if their content is making you like feel bad at all, but then you're like, okay, but I should stay connected with this person. It's like, well, what's more important. I don't know. Like what are the pros and cons here? Um, Another tip that I have is like, just to like check in with how you feel after you've scrolled on Instagram for 30 minutes, or say you've like watched someone's YouTube blog, like after you finish that, like, how do you feel? Do you feel good or like motivated or validated? Or do you feel like, Oh my God, my life doesn't look like that person's life. And then just, if you feel like shit, then don't watch that person's YouTube anymore. So I think the main thing is just be intentional with checking in with yourself and just try and remember that you have like so many options and like you can do whatever you want with your social media. Um, and it's in your control. 
Love that. So what is your favorite self-care product under $50? Ooh, I think any candle, like any nice candle. Um, I used to think candles were so, I didn't see the point of them. I was like, this just doesn't feel like it's going to make me happy. Like just the Mm -hmm. simple act of that. (laughs) And then I don't know what's happened to me as I've gotten older. Like I am losing it slightly or something, but it's like a nice candle, especially like burning a new one like a beautiful candle with like the labels beautiful it smells beautiful it's like from a small business that you've supported um I absolutely love candles and just like lighting a candle when you're like cleaning or when you're about to go to bed like it's so simple but it just makes me feel so good so I would say like any candles um what else? I've been recently getting into the five minute journal, which has been really good just because if you have a hard time sticking with journaling, like this one's a great one. It's just so quick. And then also I used to think that like gratitude lists were like so cheesy. And I was like, when I was like so depressed, I was like, how the hell am I going to like write a list of like three things that I'm grateful for? And how is that going to help me? And then again, as I've gotten older, I'm like, okay, I think like, I think it's literally Mm -hmm. backed by science that if you focus on your gratitude list, whatever, like, I just didn't see the benefit of it before. But that journal is like under $30. And it's cute, too. And um, it's helpful. It's been sitting in my Amazon cart. Thanks to you. All right, purchase it, Taylor. You definitely should get it. Like, I I think there's a reason why it's so popular. I see you post about it all the time. (laughs) Yeah, that was another thing, too, where it was like, in the beginning, it was like, how are you going to stick with this? And I was like, I'm going to post it on my Instagram. I'm going to tell my Instagram people that I'm using this. And it's Mm -hmm. great because if you miss a day, like, it's not dated. So you just, like, go to the next one. And it's really simple. You, It's like three things you're grateful for, three things that would make today great. Um what else? And then at the end of the day, it's like three things that made today great. And then what could have made today better, make today better. So it, I like it because it like focuses on the positive, but Mm -hmm. then it doesn't, um, it also like acknowledges that it's like, oh, well, what could have made today better? And like, I'll Mm -hmm. literally write like, maybe I shouldn't have had like three glasses of wine, you know, like it's, it's acknowledging (laughs) that like, there's, (laughs) like good and bad in each day and like there's things that you could have maybe done differently or like I'll literally be like it's 12 30 right now I definitely should have gone to bed earlier um Mm. (laughs) because I hate like I hate toxic positivity and I hate when you're like just trying to think think your way out of like any negative thoughts Yeah, the good without bad isn't really good. It's just like Mm -hmm. mellow. (laughs) Totally. But no, I love your point of the gratitude journal. Like it does kind of sound cheesy to be like, okay, three things I'm thankful for. Like, I don't know. Like I've done that before. And before I'd done it, I was like, this isn't going to do anything. Mm -hmm. And seriously, the impact that it has on mental health, just making that small change of looking for positive things throughout the day is crazy. And it's awesome. Everybody should do it. Be grateful, bitch. <laughs> yes, that was. I had a sticky note to remind me. So I love be that, grateful, bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it really has. Again, I yeah, I, I I hate being. I hate things that feel cheesy, and gratitude was one thing where I was like, I just I don't know about this. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's for me. Of course, there's so many things I'm grateful for, and I honestly do feel like I have a great life. But I thought that was enough. Like, I thought that that was enough to be like. I'm like overall pretty happy, but to focus in on like the little things that you're grateful for. And now I find myself doing things so that I can write it in my journal. Like 
I find myself like going out for more walks and like longer walks so that I can be like, I like went for an hour walk as like one mm-hmm. of the things that was good today. And so um, it can be helpful to motivate you to try and have a better day and try to like incorporate more things that make you happy. It's awesome. I love that. Well, Mel, where can our listeners go to keep up with you and stay connected? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Melanie Loren. So that's M-E-L-A-U. Oh my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have it linked in the show notes as well. So you guys can click it super easy. <laughs> Melanie. I think you know how to spell Melanie, but then Loren is L-A-U-R-E-N-E. Oh my God. Every time I say that, I always am like, oh, I had to think about that, but I've never actually messed it up like that. But anyways, that's my Instagram. And then on TikTok, my TikTok username is your internet big sis. Well, everyone go make sure to give her a follow and stay connected. Yes. Mel, Mel has quite the presence on TikTok here, you guys. We love it. <laughs> yeah. TikTok is fun. Last year, I grew a lot on TikTok. Uh, in one month, I grew 20,000 followers, wow. which was wild. But it's like- I- TikTok? It's fascinating. <laughs> I know. Last year, it was just like wild. Um, I, I'm like so grateful for my little TikTok family. And like, I still continue to create content on there. But um, I've been, yeah, go and give me a follow on TikTok because I've, I've been like close to 40,000 for like six months, I swear. But like, we're not quite getting there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I would love to stay connected. And um, thank you, ladies, for having me. Thank you. All right. That is all for this episode. If you would like to keep up with us on Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at CEO-ish Podcast. And if you would like to keep up with me personally, you can follow me over on Tagram Biz on Instagram. That's B-I-Z. And if you're interested in social media, PR, all of that fascinating content, you can follow my agency page at Socially Tailored, spelled like my name. And you can find me at chloew.art. Please make sure to leave us a review, subscribe, tell a friend. We really appreciate it. Let us know what you're thinking. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you next week. Yes, see you Wednesday. Bye.